Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast, and thank you very much for being here. We got to get caught up to speed on a lot of different things that the market is throwing our way. We've got some news coming in on inflation. We've got uh, T-bills, mortgage rates uh, all over the place. It's kind of crazy out there, but uh, we've got that news. We got some stock news. There's still some uncertainty out there, so we're going to try to cover all that on today's uh, episode. And uh, Also, please make, make sure that you like, subscribe, and share and uh, help build out a community of like-minded investors, uh, both on the podcast and also over there on the other uh, Facebook uh, group, which uh, there is a link in the description to help get you going. Uh, but yeah, first up, let's uh, let's dive right in here. We've got uh, wholesale inflation numbers coming out. And uh, I'm reading a, an article here on Yahoo. Uh, that's where I'm kind of getting some of these, uh, these numbers from. But uh, we saw the market actually kind of do a reversal this morning as uh, some of these numbers came out because the uh, inflation numbers on the wholesale level actually came in higher than expected, right? So we had uh, wholesale prices rose last month at the fastest pace since April, and that was about 2.2% year over year, which was an uptick uh, of 2% that we saw in August. Uh, so on a month-to-month -month basis, producer prices rose about half a percent from August to September, down from uh, seven tenths of a percent from July to August. So we've still got uh, these prices rising on that wholesale level, which eventually gets passed down the consumer, which eventually is just going to make uh, those inflation numbers higher. So we didn't really expect this. We kind of thought uh, with some other things coming in, uh, some of the different rates on uh, the 10 year coming down, uh, we saw actually the largest single day drop on mortgages on the 30 year mortgage from, I believe it was 8.3% down to about 8%, which was a, uh, a massive decline. And uh, we really didn't expect this. So we, we had uh, the market kind of cooperating with us. Things had been green the past couple of days, you know, small gains here and there, uh, but uh, a little bit more certainty. And now this throws more of that FUD, that fear, uncertainty, and doubt back onto the fire with having uh, these inflation numbers coming in actually higher than we were looking for. So uh, if you exclude the volatile food and energy prices, the so-called core inflation rose about 2.7% uh, in September, uh, that from a year ago, and 0.3% uh, from August. Uh, so the Federal Reserve and many outside can't talk. Economists pay particular attention to core prices as a good signal of where inflation might be headed. Uh, the fact that these wholesale prices have been rising uh, a little bit slower than consumer prices uh, was raising hopes that inflation was going to continue to ease as producer costs make their way to the consumer. Uh, these numbers today, though, uh, we're seeing more of an uptick in the price of goods. Uh, they're coming in higher than last month, uh, more than we uh, were expecting. And uh, wholesale energy prices surged about 3.3% from August to September. Food prices rose about nine tenths of a percent after uh, actually dropping uh, half a percent from July to August. So uh, another you know set of problems, set of concerns that we're really looking at. Uh, also, this crisis in the Middle East is still ongoing. It uh, it appears to be 
uh, a pretty nasty situation over there. So uh, thoughts and prayers to anyone that might be uh, have family over there, friends over there, or just, uh, you know, uh, any kind of interest in the region, I guess. Uh, it is definitely not, uh, you know, something we like to see this, uh, this violence and the, the war going on back and forth is just uh, kind of seems like a never ending cycle. But um, going forward, yeah, that is uh, certainly looking at the, we were looking at oil getting over $100 a barrel. Uh, kind of seems like right now we've kind of hit a cap at that $100 level. I know someone was calling for prices to get up to 150 I don't see that happening right now. We've seen a lot of the oil stocks kind of pull back from some of the uh, September highs. Uh, I'm looking at MPC. That one hit about 159. I believe we're in the mid 140s right now. So that is definitely cooled. Uh, Chevron, Exxon, kind of similar. Uh, I believe Exxon actually just struck a deal on something now that I'm talking about oil. Uh, I forget exactly what that uh, that deal was, but I know they were making some moves over there. Um, so unfortunately, again, more uncertainty around what's happening and uh, a lot of uh, stocks that really just don't know how to cooperate with this, this environment. I'm going to try to take a look here and see if I can't find out what is going on with XOM for ExxonMobil. And yeah, we started today way up. Um, now when I'm looking at my account, it's pretty flat. Uh, but um, the NASDAQ is up about 21 points, uh, about 0.16%. The Dow is down about 0.2%. The S&P, man, only down four points, which is about a tenth of a percent. So let's take a look at Exxon. Let's see if I can't get that one pulled up and see just exactly what's going on in that space. And uh, really, if any of this, uh, this, this crisis in the Middle East, this war in the middle, middle East is going to have an effect on that oil pricing that we kind of know from that region. Um, being slow here to pull this up. We've got uh, Exxon down about 4.4% on the day. We've got uh, what kind of news we got? I know we had something come out. Um, energy stocks falling Wednesday afternoon. Uh, decreasing 1% in the energy sector, uh, the XLE shedding about 1.6%. Um, I'm not seeing, oh, there's a Pioneer deal is a home run for Exxon. But uh, like I said, the, the stock is continuing to fall on uh, some of this news that is going on out there. I'm guessing they're spending a little bit money on this Pioneer deal. And uh, we'll see what actually uh, is going to happen there. Let me take a look here and see if we can't get this computer to speed up. What do we got? We've got a uh, reasonable price for premium acreage in the uh, Permian. Uh, ExxonMobil, they're all stock bid for Pioneer Natural Resources. Uh, PXD, I believe, is the ticker. Um, makes the integrated oil, oil giants, uh, North American Holdings, even more attractive for a relatively modest price. Uh, they said on Tuesday after a deal was announced. On valuation, we see the price is reasonable. Uh, strategically, we view the deal as a home run for Exxon, filling the only identifiable question in its portfolio and firmly establishing itself as one of the most dominant players across nearly every business segment. Uh, that question was Mark. That question mark was West Texas's uh, Permian Basin, in which Pioneer PXD was thought to be the number two resource holder to Exxon Mobil's uh, number four. Uh, so yeah, they're definitely uh, looking to build up that uh, that. Uh, region in the Permian Basin and build out that portion of the business. Uh, it's looking like uh, Exxon might be a, a solid play here. And uh, I think we're just going to be trending down on uh, on the sale itself, spending the money 
and also that oil price actually coming down. Let's actually take a look at what the uh, the analyst research uh, says maybe in the past couple of days and see if we can't get a an idea where Exxon's going from here. And if this is just a sell-off based on the fact that they are spending money to uh, kind of bolster their earnings and have a, a you know more of a broad basis of that whole oil industry and uh, and see what happens there. Um, I still like a lot of the oil stocks. I still know that uh, it's going to be needed throughout the world. Uh, yes, the oil price is coming down is a little bit concerning, but that is just kind of the nature of the business. Uh, we've got uh, currently about 20% of upside. Uh, that's within the past three months. So let's actually see if anything was done in the past day or two. No, there's there's no new ratings. Uh, Mizuho uh, says on 10.6 that it's a buy and the price target was 139. Uh, although the price then was probably more in the one teens. And uh, now we're sitting at uh, 105. So it has dropped uh, pretty significantly after this announcement. And uh, we will see where it goes from here. But uh, as a dividend investor, uh, I think that uh, you know Exxon's always been a, a pretty solid play for for me, and um, yeah, I'll continue to watch what's going on with this one and see really what's happening with all the oil stocks uh, going forward. Solar names, right? We're going to get to another type of energy. Uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, buying in solar stocks, and it's not just one. Yes, I, I follow Enphase more than the other ones, but uh, there's a lot of buying going on in all these solar companies. And I was really looking as to why this is. Uh, and it's kind of looking like it's more about the the market seeing that the worst is really over for residential solar, uh, rather than uh, some kind of fundamental improvement uh, for these companies, right? We're, we're not seeing anything that is just, uh, you know, pointing straight to the fact that solar companies are the thing to buy. But really the fact that, you uh, a lot of the pain is going to be easing on the way of uh, treasury yields, right? We're seeing these costs start to break. We're seeing some of these uh, uh, mortgage rates drop. We're seeing uh, some other signs where the consumer is still going to be spending. And uh, it looks like uh, the solar stocks, for some reason, are getting a massive uh, push up from a lot of this uh, uh, News coming in that uh, that like the the T bills for example have been coming down, and one way that I am actually playing this trend, which uh, it's not going to be for everyone. I, I already know that the uh, the I think it's TMF. It is a triple leverage bond play on the twenty year, and uh, I'm actually going ahead and buying some of that, thinking that a lot of the short selling and pushing these yields higher is uh, eventually going to run out. So. Um, this is a, a call that uh, I think that the mortgage rates are, or uh, T-bill rates are actually going to break and some of these yields are going to come down. And this is a triple leverage play against that. So I'm hoping for yields to start trending down, uh, the the bond prices to, to kind of move back higher. And uh, hopefully we can start to see some, some gains in uh, this uh, 3x leverage um, bond portfolio right here. So I'm looking at it at uh, it's currently trading at 471, and uh, yields about 3.9 percent. And I'm really looking for this thing to get back up into the eight nine dollar range, and then I'll probably go ahead and trim my position or just close out of it altogether. But uh, it's another way to play uh, against what the uh, the bond market is doing. I really think that things are going to start breaking the other direction at some point. So I have a couple dollars on this, nothing crazy. 
Uh, I did sell out of a little bit of um, Salesforce. I sold a, I got barely back positive on CRM. I went ahead and trimmed that. I did end up buying some more end phase. I was also putting uh, some money into Amazon. I still think that that one is a great stock to buy. And uh, it's actually on this week's uh, investing challenge. So that is definitely one that I'm looking to uh, build more of a position in, in my own portfolio, as well as the investing challenge. Uh, but I will get back to the investing challenge. I'm not going to neglect that. Uh, American Battery, ABAT, A-B-A-T, uh, formerly ABML. We have got, uh, well, this morning we had quite the move. Let's uh, Let's see what it's actually doing today or this afternoon now that I'm saying that. I think we were up about 14, 15% this morning. And uh, this thing was soaring on some news that uh, they are announcing that they are fully functional at that lithium recycling plant that they are building. So that is uh, the big news of the day on American Battery. And um, man, my computer is being really, really slow this morning or this afternoon. But um, I am now seeing that American Battery retrace this. Uh, and no one really seems to be uh, buying this one now. We uh, went from that 13, 14% up. We were at $8. Now we're trading at $6.92. So all those gains were given away. Uh, I don't know if this has anything to do with um, what's going on with uh, the wholesale inflation numbers, if the whole market's selling off, or people are actually just taking taking some profits out of this one. But I am still very bullish on this company long term, right? After we start having a, a functional facility, we start getting some cash flow, we start getting more orders coming through, and we're actually recycling into product that uh, people can buy from them. I think it is going to be a great play, although it's going to take uh, some time to, to actually get there. It's been quite the roller coaster. I'm still on board, and I know it's not for everyone, right? I did have a question the other day of uh, two different stocks, right? One being American Battery, should I buy more? Another one being ChargePoint, should I buy more? I said, you know, American Battery, it's going to be a roller coaster. It's going to be a long time. I still am very bullish on the company. ChargePoint, however, I really don't have much appetite to buy anymore. What changed, right? Um, well, one, Tesla just kind of keeps bulldozing the market as to getting everyone to use their uh, Tesla style chargers for EVs. Not to say that people aren't going to buy them, uh, buy the charge point ones and, you know, install them in their homes for whatever vehicle they have or run an adapter uh, to charge a Tesla or charge another, um, you know, type of um, vehicle that runs on a Tesla style charger now, or they're changing within the next uh, year or whatever. We just saw that Hyundai and Kia announced that they're going to be using Tesla style chargers. All those deals have been made with other manufacturers to use that network. And I feel like that is the the big play right now. But then we uh, we look at some of the problems with ChargePoint right now and why it is selling off about 14% today. So I'm, I'm glad I didn't go ahead and say, yeah, I'd, I'd buy it at this depressed level at $5. And now it's down in the threes. Uh, let's actually take a look at ChargePoint. Yeah, we're sitting at uh, $3.89 as I'm recording this. We're down 13% on the day. Why is that? Right. Well, they are selling off or uh, issuing more shares, selling more stock in order to raise funds to go ahead and survive. 
that looks scary, right? They were planning to do this. This is not anything that is completely, you know, blindsiding anyone. But I think the timing of it is really um, unfortunate, right? We've got uh, rates still high. There's there's a lot of talk of uh, you know Tesla being the the main charger. The fact that they're raising cash, they're diluting shares by about seventeen percent, um, really makes the shares that you already ho- uh, own weaker. And then they're doing a revolving credit facility of about 150 million. I think it was about 200. And, uh, no, this one says about 175 million of common stock. Um, 300 million in convertible notes issued in April 22. So there, there's a lot going on here, right? Uh, and uh, they actually raised 232 million to support path to profitability in 24. I think they're going to be cash flow positive in 25. But is that path to profitability and that positive cash flow the same as what it was two or three years ago? I don't know that it is. I think that uh, for me, I have a hard time looking at this one. I mean, this one is a a huge, huge loser for me. I mean, big, big loser for me. And so this is not uh, without any kind of skin in the game. This is definitely a painful stock that I have owned for quite some time. And um, it, it's not looking any better. Like, I mean, the, the dilution hurts. The fact that the, they still have to raise so much more money for the fact that maybe be profitable in two years hurts. I, I don't know that they're going to be the same company that I thought they were going to be two years ago. At this point, I'm just kind of holding on to what I've got left. Uh, it really doesn't even make sense for me to sell it off unless I'm going to try to tax loss harvest for for the end of the year, which could work. But even then, it's probably too much money in order to tax loss harvest. I'd have to spread that loss over multiple years. Question for your uh, your tax person. But um, I cannot tell you or anyone else to go ahead and buy this one, to average down on this one, which is a weird thing psychologically, right? Um, you might uh, not want to buy it, but there's always someone who wants to lower their cost basis on a stock that is... Um, just treading water, right? Uh, and so I can't really even say to lower your cost basis or start a position. I could definitely make an argument to sell out of it, but I mean, for me, it's it's almost too far gone. I should have probably sold this one a long, long time ago. But uh, I kind of thought with some of the things that were going on out there, we were going to see, um, you know, some of these growth stocks have some pain. I really thought they were going to rebound, but then kind of Tesla came through and bulldozed what they had left. Not to say that they can't do anything. Uh, they were one of the biggest, one of the best, but uh, I, I don't know that that is going to last forever. So uh, just, uh, I guess, kind of a word of caution there. I still believe that American Battery can turn this thing around. I do believe that once they get back to a positive cash flow or start getting some positive numbers coming in through operations, we're going to see this thing kind of turn around. So I am still very bullish on that one. But uh, ChargePoint is definitely one that is just a, a pain point for me. And I, I don't know that I'm saying that from just as, uh, a viewpoint of having a bias that I've lost a lot of money on this one. But really, I don't know what that path is forward. I don't know what that catalyst is going to be to get this one back to where they were. So I really just can't uh, advise or, or, or even say that I would look to buy it, right? I can't tell you guys what to do, but I certainly I don't think I'm buying any more for myself. Uh, so that's that. Uh, the solar stocks, I still think that we have uh, a lot of room for upside on a lot of these names. Uh, I'm still bullish there, and uh, hopefully we can get back to some some great you know blue skies ahead of us for Enphase and Sunrun and all the other uh, 
uh, solar companies that are out there. Uh, I did say that we're going to get over to the investing challenge. I did. Uh, so first up on week 42, uh, and if you're new here, investing challenge, uh, I put $200 of my own money into a stock that the uh, the vo- uh, group votes for either on investing, let it grow podcast page or the, uh, the actual private uh, let it grow investing podcast page. Uh, so you can find uh, us on either of those pages and get your vote in for week 42. Uh, I did buy uh, John Deere ticker DE for week 41. And uh, I'm I'm still bullish on that one. I still like the fact that it's trading under a lot of the uh, historical valuations. The ag business is still strong. I believe that construction is going to roll back strong. Uh, as rates start coming down over the next two years, we will see what happens there. But uh, yeah, for week 42, we're looking at five names. That is uh, kind of what we do here. IIPR, Innovative Industrial, uh, the cannabis uh, warehousing uh, operational type stock. That's a REIT. It's going to be paying you, I believe it's around 9% dividend yield right now. And I believe it was about 48% of upside, according to the analysts that were out there. And I still believe that this stock has a lot of growth left. If we get uh, legalization on a federal level, I believe that this stock is really going to rally. Um, that should kind of go without saying. That's uh, That's got to be a, a big driver for growth for them. Uh, actually, let me go ahead and pull this one up uh, just so I can double check that yield and see where they're sitting today. We're sitting at uh, 76.96. Uh, we are sitting at 9.4% of dividend yield. And uh, commercial real estate has really been a pain point for a lot of people. Uh, I think a lot of the lending is slowed down. There's not as much appetite to buy with uh, interest rates being so high. There's not as many banks lending big, uh, you know, jumbo loans on uh, you know riskier things that are out there right now. So that has slowed down, and uh, the the interest rates uh, are really the the driving factor that people aren't really doing as much purchasing on the the commercial real estate side. But I still think that uh, the warehousing stocks are going to hold up a good bit better than uh, uh, maybe some retail names, uh, some other names that are out there. So I still like this one. And uh, that is going to be number one for week 42. We did purchase it uh, week 42 of uh, 2022. So uh, again, I'm going to be looking to average more uh, dollars into IIPR if we go ahead and purchase this one. Number two, Lockheed Martin LMT. I was looking at this one before the Israel crisis, the Israel war, um, from simply the standpoint uh, that we were at 508 in April and we trended down to right around $400. Uh, we were at 394 uh, probably on Friday, it looks like, by this uh, this five-day chart. And now we are sitting at 435. So we might have missed this one, right? I, I definitely like this company. The... Uh, the, the business that they're in, aerospace and defense, I, I definitely think it's going to be needed. They're going to keep driving uh, more and more sales. There's a lot of backlog for product that they have. You're getting about a 3% dividend. Trefis still says we got about 18% of upside. And I got to imagine that uh, that Reuters is, is up there as well as far as the upside that we have. Now, with uh, it's about 13% on Reuters. With this one, though, I don't know that we're going to get the revenue growth that we're really looking for. This was kind of a rebound play when I was looking at it at around 395, 400, thinking that it was getting too cheap, right? We've got uh, decent dividend growth at 7.3%, dividend payout ratio at 
Uh, and now we are actually trading at a forward PE that is at a 3% premium versus being at a discount uh, over the this past weekend. So uh, getting a little bit away from us at this point. So we, we might have missed this one. Um, but that being said, I don't know that it's a, a terrible time, even at 435, to go ahead and add a couple hundred dollars to this name. That's uh, not not the end of the world to me. And uh, I will go ahead and add it if you guys vote on it. And again, over there at uh, the Facebook groups, um, the the forward peg ratio is still trading at a discount, so we're still getting decent um, purchase power for the uh, the current price or, or PE divided by the growth. It's a, a one point three. The five year average is a one point eight. So I still like it, uh, just a little bit less than where I did uh, as an entry point this past Friday. Uh, number three, Amazon. I told you guys that I bought some Amazon myself. And um, why did I buy Amazon? Well, I'm looking at prime days. We're, we're seeing a lot of bump up in sales. I still think that the consumer's strong. We still got uh, a good amount of growth here. Uh, if you're looking at the PE on a trailing 12 months, it's, it's sitting at 103. That looks really scary. Uh, currently a buy rating on Reuters. We've got a five-year return of 37%. We've got uh, two broker upgrades in the last 120 days, but we do have 32.5% of price target upside for an average price target of 170 in uh, in 12 months' time. We've got uh, about 13% of growth on revenue for 2024 predicted. We are sitting at a forward PE discount of 30%. We are sitting at uh, 50.4. The five-year average is a 72 so decent discount there. The revenue growth is good. Um, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of different things I like. Price to sales is trading about 2.4. Their five-year average is a 3.4. So a lot of discounts here on this one that I think we could take advantage of on AMZN. And uh, just the fact that we've we've got such a decent amount of upside, the, the Ford PE is at a 30% discount. And uh, that's right in line with um, what the upside is as far as the stock price goes for the 12-month target. So I do think that we could uh, certainly trade up from here. And uh, I like the name. So uh, plus, I, I know they're getting more into AI. The web services is still a big driver. And um, yeah, just one that I would like to own long term. So AMZN, number three for Amazon. Number four, let's, uh, let's roll back into the chip space. We're looking at Qualcomm. And uh, Qualcomm sitting at uh, 110.38. We're down about 1.75% today. PE sitting at 14, solid earnings at $7.63 per share. Dividend yield sitting at 2.8, which is nice on a, uh, a chip stock. Uh, sidebar, uh, AMD just made a deal with buying another AI company. I forget the name. Is it hop.ai? I'm not 100% certain about that, but they are continuing to look to build out their AI division as well. Um, Qualcomm, we got about 18.5% of upside. On Trefis, we've got buy ratings on Reuters, about 59% five-year return. We've got 21.5% of upside. We knew that the revenue was coming down for 23, coming back up for 24 in the single-digit range. A lot of that iPhone business was a big driver uh, driver of growth for them, and uh, that kind of went away. But then they Apple came back and said, hey, Qualcomm, we need you. We haven't been able to get our, uh, our chipset right. And uh, they're going to be making the uh, the chipsets for the iPhone 15. So that is a, a big driver for them as well. That was kind of a surprise, right? So I'm thinking we could actually get a surprise to the upside. This one is sold off. And a lot of this uh, 
Apple news. Apple's not using them, and then they are, and then they're not. Uh, but I still think that they're going to find ways to get into all the other uh, lanes of business that, that they're looking to get into, right? The automotive, the internet of things, all the different ways that they're trying to deploy their chip technology into other uh, technologies, other uh, lanes of, of business, right? So dividend growth, 9.3%. Awesome, right? I love when I get paid more to hold the stock over the past, uh, you know, what they were paying me a year ago. And 9% is pretty substantial when it comes to dividend growth. Dividend payout, 41%. So they can uh, actually up this a little bit more. Uh, we're looking at uh, 18% discount on forward PE. And we're looking at uh, a price to sales that's also at a discount. A 3.2 five-year average is a 4.6. And I got to hurry up and get this last one in. This last one is Visa. The uh, consumer continues to spend and Visa is going to be a benefactor of all things, right? Inflation goes up, people charge more, Visa charge more. Uh, you know, they can't pay the bills, interest goes up and uh, or they, they can't keep up with uh, not having their, their card paid off every month. They, uh, they get more in the way of interest, right? There's going to be a revolving door that Visa is always going to win. The labor on this is short. They, they don't pay as much in labor just the way the business is modeled, right? They don't have uh, that retail staff. So there's a lot of different things that I like here. Great margins, uh, a great business model. They're going to win in a recession. They're going to win when things are thriving. And uh, I really think that it is a great company to own for the long term. We've got uh, around 15% of price target upside by Trefis. Let's get over to Reuters real quick. Uh Pretty much a strong buy rating. We're creeping right up there to a strong buy. Five-year return, about 65%. We've got one upgrade over the last 120 days. We've got 19% of 12-month price target upside, average price being 279. We've got growth for 24 of about 12%. We are a dividend growth of about 19.4%, which is awesome. Forward PE, 19% discount. And that's about all the time that I got for you guys today. I'm going to get timed out here on the recording. So thank you very much for stopping by. Uh, get out there and get invested. Uh, make sure you're getting your votes in on uh, the Facebook group. And I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.